Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're gonna to be talking about pursuing travel therapy without a tax home. There's a variety of reasons that people might wanna pursue travel therapy without a tax home. We get questions about it pretty often. Um, usually it's people that they hear travel therapy is great, pays more, you have more flexibility. They wanna make additional money, but not have to go through as much hassle as um, a traditional traveler would for things like tax homes and things like that. So um, we wanna talk about ways or different ways that people might travel without a tax home tonight and uh, whether it's worth it or not. Uh, it's a question we get very, very commonly. So Whitney's gonna introduce us and I'm gonna get this video shared in a couple different groups. All right, hey everybody, for those that may not know us, my name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Kazaza. And we're both Traveling Doctors of Physical Therapy. We've been travel PTs since 2015. We both started out as new grads and we've been travelers ever since. Um, now we don't work full time anymore, but for um, about three years of our travel PT careers, we took back-to-back -back contracts like a traditional travel therapist, worked a lot, saved a lot, um, and now we've transitioned into where we work um, only part of the year and we spend a lot of the time <clears throat> the rest of the year traveling for fun. Um, for those of you guys that do follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, um, we actually are on an international trip right now. We've been gone for about a month and a half. Our trip right now is about nine weeks total and we're coming up toward the tail end of it the last two weeks right now. We're currently in New Zealand. Uh, we're on the North Island of New Zealand. And um, this was kind of an impromptu video. We just sort of planned it really quickly last night because we were supposed to be hiking today, um, but the weather had other plans. And so we're actually gonna um, push our hike back till tomorrow and we kind of had a free rainy day today. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd bring you guys a video. It's been a little while. <clears throat> we used to try to always do our videos every week um, back the first several years that we were doing Facebook Live videos on various travel therapy topics, we would do them every single week. And then we kind of cut back to where it was like every other week or so. Unfortunately, on this trip, we've had more difficulty um, being able to schedule times to do videos. Um, one thing has been the big time difference. We're actually 18 hours ahead of the U.S. right now. 
So for us today, it's 11 a.m. on Sunday. Um, and for those of you guys in the U.S., it's the, after, the late afternoon on Saturday. So the time difference has been a little bit difficult. And then also we've just been really busy this trip. So it's been a little more difficult um, to get videos scheduled. But we wanted to try to bring you guys some, some information. We just put out a, um, an article this week on this topic, traveling without a tax home, because this is something that we've been getting questions about. Um, over the years, we've gotten a lot of questions about that, but just recently we've gotten a few questions. So we wanted to address this topic um, for current travelers and those that are thinking about getting into traveling to learn a little bit more about um, tax homes and if you really have to have a tax home to be a travel therapist. <clears throat> so we're gonna go over all that. Um, we'd love to answer any questions that you guys have. So if you have questions throughout the video, if you are watching live on Facebook, you can leave the questions in the comments. If you watch later on the replay, you can also leave a comment and we'll go back and answer it later, or you can feel free to send us a message on, on whichever platform. Um, send us an email on our website or uh, message us on Instagram or Facebook. <clears throat> As Jared said, he's just sharing our um, video in a couple of groups for people that do wanna join in live, and then we'll, we'll hop into the topic here in a minute. I see some of you guys are joining in live. Thank you. I know this was kind of last minute. We didn't really give much notice. Um, hey, Diego. Hey, Megan. Megan says it's 4 p.m. Saturday there in Houston, Texas. Uh, hi, Joey. Hi, Amy. Thank you guys for joining in. So if you are watching live on Facebook or um, if you're watching later on the Facebook replay, we'd love if you would just leave a comment and let us know um, who you are. Are you a PT and OT? an SLP, a PTA, a CODA, are you a nurse? Um, what's your discipline? And are you current a uh, current traveler or are you somebody who's thinking about traveling? Let us know what's your situation. Um, you know, let us know if you already have your tax home situation figured out or if that's something you're still trying to figure out. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And again, if you have any questions, we'll answer those toward the end of the video. Um, before we get started and dive into the topic, I did have another announcement. So it's crazy to think that it's almost the end of the year, especially for us because we've been traveling in different climates um, and now we're actually on the Southern Hemisphere um, in New Zealand right now. And so it's actually spring and summer is beginning here. So the weather has been, you know, fairly warm on most of our trips. So to us, it doesn't seem like it's winter back home. It doesn't seem like it's almost Christmas time. So it's kind of funny. Um, but I know for a lot of you guys, you're getting in, in the holiday spirit and um, we're coming up toward the end of the year. Um, so as we approach the end of the year, we are going to be doing some giveaways. Um, if you guys are on our email list or follow us on social media, you may have seen us advertise those giveaways. Um, so just a couple weeks now to get entered for those giveaways. Um, some of you may already qualify to win one of the giveaways. All you need to do is fill out an entry form. So one of our giveaways is for people that, for therapists that have taken contracts with the recruiters that we've recommended to you. So maybe over the last couple of years, you've gotten recruiter recommendations from us via the form on our website, or you've gotten in contact with one of the recruiters via our hot jobs page. Um, if you know that you've taken a contract with one of the recruiters that we recommended to you um, this year, then you can just fill out the entry form and you'll get entered to win one of, or there's gonna be five $200 gift cards. So we're giving away $1,000 total to five different people who took contracts uh, this year. So if you had a contract that you ended in 2022, just fill out that form. Um, Jared, how many people have filled out 
What percentage? Uh, only about 26% of people that are eligible have actually filled it out. So your chances are pretty good if you're in that, uh, that group. Yeah, so there's 75% of those qualified that haven't filled out the form. So all you gotta do is just fill out the form. Um, it just gives us a little bit of information about which recruiter you took a contract with and some feedback if you want to provide it. And we'll get you entered to win one of those $200 gift cards. Yeah, one thing to remember about this giveaway is it's really helpful for us and it's helpful for the whole travel community because this is the best way that we get feedback about the recruiters that we send you guys to. We have a ton now, we have over 50 recruiters, so it's very hard to stay on top of them. Um, but if we get feedback from you guys that we send to the recruiter, how was your experience? Were they great? Were they terrible? We need to know that stuff so we know whether to add different ones, get rid of those, um, or if they're doing a great job, we want to recognize them. Yeah, so we've, we've done a lot of work over the years to interview a lot of different recruiters um, that we can then recommend to other people. So this process, um, the reason why we decided to start doing this giveaway, um, a big motivation was to try to get some feedback from you guys so that we can improve our process and make sure we're making the best recommendations for the community. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just fill out that form, let us know, and then we'll get you entered to it in that giveaway. If you are like, I don't know anything about this, I am not eligible, um, if you're interested in getting connected with some of the recruiters that we recommend, and then you could become eligible in the future, we'll do this giveaway every year, um, you can just go on our website and fill out our recruiter recommendation form and we'll get you connected. Um, or you can check out our hot jobs list and see if there's a job there that interests you. So that's the first giveaway. The second giveaway, anybody can enter this one. You don't have, have you do not have um, had to take a contract. Um, this one is just for leaving us a review. So um, you can leave us a review on our Facebook page or on um, Apple Podcasts if you've watched our videos in the past or gotten value out of our content. Um, unfortunately, if you've just read our articles and things like that, there's not really a great place for us to have reviews on that platform, but you can do it on the Facebook platform um, on our Travel Therapy Mentor page, leave a review there, or you can do it on Apple Podcasts. Um, so we're gonna choose one person who leaves a review on one of those two platforms and they'll win $100. And then the last giveaway is for our course group members. So for those of you guys that are in our Travel Therapy course, um, if you leave a review for the course, we'll also get you entered to win $100. All right. So exciting times coming up. Uh, we'll probably do a um, some live video or something right at the end of the year announcing the winners for that. So stay tuned. Yeah, and we'll be getting back to the U.S. Christmas Eve. So we'll be back um, for the last week of, of the year and we'll do it right before New Year's. All right. So um, pursuing travel therapy without a tax home. This is, uh, like I said, it's a question we get a lot. Um, people want the benefits of travel therapy without as much hassle that goes into travel therapy. And uh, whether it's hassle or not really depends on your situation. And um, you know, as the answer to almost anything uh, complicated in life goes, it depends on whether it actually makes sense, depending on your situation. Yeah. So, in general, a tax home. Um, what is a tax home? We'll go through an overview of that. Um, a tax home is essentially your permanent place of residence um, that you're traveling away from for work. And so the way to think about this, uh, we use this example quite a bit, is if you were like an airline pilot and you had to travel all the time for work, so you're traveling to Chicago and Houston or whatever, uh, whatever the, your, your primary home where your family is, where all of your, your furniture is and your car's registered and you vote in that area and you have a driver's license there, that's your permanent home. And then you're traveling away from that home for work. Uh, obviously the pilot, they, they fly to Houston, they're not now living in Houston, they're just there temporarily. The same thing applies for travel therapy. It's just that our um, contracts are longer than just one or two days like a pilot would be. Our contracts are probably three months or maybe six months. You still have to have a home that you're traveling away from in order to qualify for stipends tax-free. 
Otherwise, if you don't have a, a tax home, um, you're not duplicating expenses, you don't have somewhere that you're, uh, is your permanent address, then you don't qualify for that. Well, why would the IRS give you a tax break on these stipends if you're not actually duplicating expenses? So the whole point of the, the tax break that you get as a traveler is that you're duplicating expenses. You're not really moving, you're just living there temporarily. Yep. So just to reiterate that, that's why um, travel therapists end up making a lot more money in a lot of cases, because as part of our pay package, we are eligible to receive these tax-free stipends. And so unfortunately, a lot of people just skip the first steps in their, in their research and they just jump straight ahead to, oh, make more money as travel therapists because we get tax-free stipends, but they don't really look into the background and the research as to why do you receive tax-free stipends? Because for a lot of travel therapists, they might look at it like, especially for example, someone who's a new grad and just got out of school and they're like, oh, well, I'll just like leave my stuff at my parents' house and then, you know, I'll just go travel around and be nomadic and work and make more money. But in the eyes of the IRS, the reason why they're giving you tax-free stipends is to offset your at-home permanent residence costs. So as travel therapists, we need to make sure that we have the documentation and are doing the right things to show that we do have a permanent residence and we do have a tax home. Now, unfortunately, it is a little more complicated um, than just writing down an address. If the IRS calls you up and says, do you have a tax home? Uh, or more likely they send you a letter and an audit and you just write down an address, you know, mom and dad's house, my aunt's house, my apartment at school, whatever, you need to also have some other documentation um, if you were to get audited. And so really in the eyes of the IRS, it's more tied to not just an address that you put down, but where you've conducted business, where you've um, earned income in the past. There's, there's some things they would look at to determine, is this truly your tax home? And that's where it gets a little bit complicated. Yeah. Um, so the next question that people always have is, okay, well, what actually qualifies as a tax home? Um, like Whitney said, it's not just an address. Well, so what does it mean? Um, so as anything tax related or really anything government related seems to be, it's not very specific. It's kind of vague. And then, so they put these guidelines in place and then the guidelines are further refined over time through court cases. Um, so, you know, a lot of guidelines will be set all through um, either tax or, or government laws and then they're vague, something happens, it goes to court and then the judge or the, um, you know, I, I guess the judge rules on how that is actually defined. So these rules are kind of vague. But in general, what it means to have a tax home is ideally you want to have three, three of three of these or at least two of three. Um, and the, the rules are you need to be duplicating expenses. You need to be um, conducting business in the area of your tax home and you need to not abandon your tax home. So those are the three qualifications, so to speak. And you, like I said, you wanna have at least two of three, but ideally three of three. So what do those mean? And again, this is a little bit vague, but some of it has been further defined in court cases. So duplicating expenses, that, that's pretty straightforward. You wanna have payments that you're making at your tax home, at your permanent residence, and then you wanna be also making similar payments at your place where you're working. That's duplicating expenses. Meaning at home, I have responsibilities to pay the mortgage or the rent, the bills and the things there. Um, and then also at my travel location, I'm paying rent to live there temporarily. Just like our example with the pilot, the pilot is still going to have a house and a mortgage and, and payments and the taxes and everything they have to pay at their permanent residence, but they also are going to have to pay for their hotel bill for the night or a couple of nights while they are away for work. So 
this is important to know it has to do with the money right because we're talking about the irs here so there has to be a paper trail here you can't just say yeah i have this address but mom and dad let me live there free and similarly i'm gonna go work in you know um dallas and my aunt's gonna let me live there free no we need to follow the, the money trail here you need to be duplicating expenses because they're giving you tax-free money to cover these expenses yep so now let's talk about not abandoning abandoning your tax home so that's uh, the second second qualification uh what does that mean essentially that means that you can't have a tax home where you're paying expenses back home but you never go back to it because if you never go back to that area your permanent address then it's not really where you live obviously right so how do they define that? Um, again, a little bit vague, but in general, you wanna be back at that tax home at least 30 days a year or at least 60 days every two years. And um, you know that's what has come out of some of the rulings and, and various uh, tax cases um, regarding tax homes. So 30 days a year, 60 days every two years, you wanna be back at that area. That shows that that is your home. As you're going back there, you might be traveling away for work, but at least you're there sometimes, right? And um, so that's kind of the cutoff for not abandoning your tax home. Yeah, and that would be kind of obvious if you had a job like a pilot, right? Like hopefully that's where you're going back to some days of the week or at least most days of, of the month, right? But if you're a travel therapist or a travel nurse, a lot of times it gets a little more gray because you could be away on a contract um, for six months or nine months. But what you can't do is you can't just say you live in Virginia and that's your what you're calling your tax home, but then you go and take a contract for over a year in Hawaii and clearly never took any time off to fly back home. That's a red flag. It's like, well, now you live in Hawaii because yeah. you never went back to that permanent residence for over a year. Yep. Um, and if any of this stuff is not clear, feel free to ask questions. Uh, we talk about this a lot, so there might be some areas we skip over or that aren't clear to you guys. So feel free to ask questions. We'll answer those at the end. Um, the last one that's actually probably the most vague, I know the um, uh, not abandoning might be a little vague, um, but conducting business in the area of your tax home. So what does that mean? Um, it could mean a lot of things. So depending on who you ask, we've talked to several CPAs about this. Some say that uh, conducting business is things like having a bank account there, having uh, credit cards to that address, having your driver's license registered there and your cars registered, all that in that tax home. So that could be conducting business. Other CPAs will say that it's more in depth than that. It should involve making money of some sort. So maybe you have a part-time job or um, you, you, know, you go back there every now and then for a contract, something like that, where you clearly have ties, you're conducting business in the area. So that one is probably the most vague. And, and if, you're, if you're going by the most, um, I guess, scrupulous interpretation of that is that you need to have uh, work history or you're working in the area, it makes it a little more difficult. So um, I would say, like we were talking about, you want at least two of the three. For the most people, the easiest for those are to obviously duplicate expenses. If you have any home, you're gonna be paying expenses there. Going back to your tax home, which makes sense. You need to go back there, visit family, take care of stuff, um, maintenance on the house or on your apartment, those kind of things. And then the conducting business is the more difficult, but you know, you of course wanna have your driver's license, your car registered, all of that, your voter ID, all that needs to be your tax home. And then if possible, have a PRN job or something that you might go back to uh, between contracts or if uh, a situation like COVID arises where there's not many travel contracts, you have a job that you can go back to. So that would be the, the best case scenario. Yep. So it's important to understand all these rules and make sure that you, if you decide to be a travel therapist who is going to receive the tax-free stipends, it's your responsibility to make sure that you have met the tax home rules. And so we highly recommend that if you're planning on taking regular travel therapy contracts and accepting tax-free stipends, 
um, that you have a consult maybe with a tax professional and make sure your tax home is very clear. Um, you cannot just say, I want to take a travel job, talk to a recruiter, sign up for a job and start taking um, tax-free money because then if you don't have the tax home set up, then if you get audited, you need to justify why you received that tax-free money. So it is your responsibility. Yep. Now, as you can see, for some people, this might be very straightforward. If you are a permanent therapist who's been living and working in the same area for a while, you own your own home and you say, I'm just gonna quit my job, but keep my house here, and then just go start taking some travel contracts. Super straightforward because you already own your own home. You already have work history in, in the area. You're definitely paying your own expenses at home and you're gonna come back there because you need to take care of that house, right? Yeah, so or there's even nurses or therapists that maybe have a family somewhere and they wanna travel away for a contract for three months. Very straightforward, your family's back home, you're going back to visit them, you're paying expenses there, you're taking a contract somewhere where you're paying um, temporary living expenses, that is a very straightforward situation. Yeah, so that's very straightforward. Where it gets more tricky is where a lot of travel therapists are trying to become more nomadic, and so they, they wanna do something with their home situation to change it, to make it cheaper, make it easier to not have to really come back there as often because they're planning on going out and being nomadic for a while. So this is where it gets just a little more complicated, and this is where people start being like, Especially we can get around these rules. Um, for example, say you you were that permanent therapist and you you did own your own home and everything, but now you're like, I want to downsize and just like maybe move a little bit of my stuff to my sister's place, and I'll just only come back at holidays. And but I'm gonna get rid of my house, um, and now I'm gonna go travel pretty much full time, right? Well, it gets a little more complicated because now you're trying to change your tax home. Is your sister's house or your parents' house, is it in your same city? You know, then we start asking all these other questions. Same thing with, um, say you're a student, you've just graduated and you're like, yeah, I just, I have no real ties. Like I'll just put myself into my childhood bedroom at my parents' house and I'll go out and travel. Well, now we need to make sure that we're establishing that tax home um, because it's like, well, were you living in a different city already? Did you have an apartment where you were going to school? It can just get a little more complicated. Yeah, and since it's more complicated, some people will say, okay, I don't want to deal with any of that. And that's understandable. A lot of people come to us and they say, I don't want to deal with any of the tax home headache. Us, when we started, we were like, is there any way out of this situation? Because we were kind of in that, that second situation Whitney was talking about. We finished school, started as new grads, um, didn't have a real established area. Obviously, we had our, our um, hometown and uh, our parents' house and everything that we had spent time on and off. But um, both of us had been at college. So it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Is there any way out of this? And that's what a lot of people ask. So. Um, the answer is, again, it depends on whether or not it's going to make sense for you and whether or not um, it's the, the best thing to do. Yeah. So there's two main categories of people who might be looking to take travel contracts, but not have a tax home in the way that like a traditional travel therapist would. One category would be someone who wants to take what, what it would be referred to as like local contracts. So they wanted to actually just only stay in their area and take jobs within maybe an hour or two from there and just commute to those quote unquote travel jobs, this would be one scenario. The other scenario would be kind of like we were just talking about, you do actually want to take travel contracts around the country, but you just don't necessarily want to meet those rules for maintaining that permanent tax home. Yeah. So those are kind of two different scenarios. So first let's talk about what would it be like if you wanted to just take local contracts and what that scenario would look like. Now, the first thing to think about when you talk about taking local contracts, is it even feasible for your area? A lot of people want to take local contracts. I mean, ideally, it makes it makes perfect sense. I want to make extra money, take temporary contracts, still have the flexibility of travel, um, 
but not have to travel away from a home. It makes perfect sense. A lot of people want to do that sort of thing, especially if you have a family or something tying you down to a certain area. Unfortunately, a lot of areas, it's not feasible at all. For example, if you live, if your tax home is Salt Lake City, there's not many travel jobs at all in Utah. So trying to travel around Salt Lake City is, it's gonna be impossible. Even if you find one over the course of like two or three years, it doesn't make sense to, to take one travel job over a two or three year period and then wait for, for other ones. Whereas if you live somewhere like um, Seattle, there's always travel jobs around Seattle. You could probably find jobs an hour and a half away um, indefinitely, just find back-to-back -back contracts. So it really depends on where you live and if it's gonna be feasible or not. Yeah, so we get a lot of people who are like, this is usually your person who wants the benefits of travel therapy, but can't commit to moving across the country. You know, maybe they're like, I'm kind of burnt out with my, my regular job. I'm doing the same thing week in and week out, working 40 plus hours. I'm kind of burnt out. I would like to maybe try some different contracts like to get the variety, right? They want to try some different places. They want to have the variety. They want to make higher higher money than they're making at a permanent job. And then maybe they also want the flexibility. Maybe they're like, well, maybe if I do it like a contract basis, then I could take longer times off, like say in the summer when my kids are out of school or, or whatever. Maybe they just want to line it up to where they only work nine months a year. And so this all sounds great, but the biggest hurdle is can you make travel therapy work only in your little area? Maybe, maybe not. There are some like Jared said, there are some localities where this would work and you are going to be able to line up back to back contracts. Um, but there's a lot of locations where it just won't work. Yeah. And with the local contract, uh, you might be asking, well, why, why do you not qualify for stipends, the tax free stipends? The reason is because you're not duplicating expenses. You're commuting from your home location. You're not paying for, um, housing or any expenses away from your home. So that's, that automatically disqualifies disqualifies you for stipends. So that that is the first question usually people have. Um, but yeah, local contracts can be an option for some people, but definitely not for everyone. Yeah. So um, if you were able to pass that first hurdle and decide, oh, I, I do live in a region where I am seeing a lot of travel jobs within, say, an hour. Like, say, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, you could take travel contracts and hop around within an hour um, for years and years and years. Um, so if you did find that that is going to work for your area, you would just want to determine, is it worth the hassles? Because I mean, it's not as easy as just taking a permanent job. You're going to be interviewing for new jobs all the time, changing jobs, maybe having to commute a little further. Um, there could be the uncertainty of your contract getting canceled. So there are more uncertainties, but you're definitely going to get some of those added benefits. You're, you're going to get paid a little bit higher. Um, than a permanent job, and we'll talk about that. You're gonna have the flexibility we talked about of being a contractor. Um, so it's gonna be kind of more like being a PRN, except you're also gonna have more like full-time hours. It's gonna be more like a 40-hour contract than just a PRN, which could be uncertain. Yeah, so the, the real pros are that you'll make a little bit more money, probably equal to PRN pay. Um, usually we see these local contracts in the 45 to $60 an hour range, depending on the area and the, and the setting. Just and like that would be for PTOT and SLP. PTOT and SLP. Um, assistants are probably closer to 35 to maybe $50 an hour. Um, and yeah, it, it depends on location and setting, just like any travel job would. Um, so that's a big benefit. The other big benefit, uh, like we talk about all the time, is the flexibility to take time off. Some people really value that. You can't take a whole lot of time off with a permanent job. You couldn't do like this road trip we're doing in New Zealand um, with a permanent job. It would be almost impossible to take three weeks or however long you need off. Um, so that's a big benefit. Some of the cons though, like Whitney said, contracts get canceled. So some travelers or some people that are considering travel but have never traveled, 
don't understand that there's risk there. Your contract could be canceled in the middle of it. If they hire someone permanently, they can save money on that permanent person, don't have to pay you this higher rate, they'll cancel your contract. Um, another downside, you might not be able to find consistent jobs. So even if there are a lot around your area, it might not be exactly what you're looking for. Um, so say you wanna work outpatient jobs, but all that's available when you need it is home health and skilled nursing. So you're making sacrifices there. So there are pros and cons to, um, to local contracts. Yeah, um, another thing would be the benefits. So if you're signing on as a 40-hour-ish a week contractor at a travel contract locally, even if it's only for three or six months, you are eligible to get some benefits through the travel company. So that would be good um, if you needed insurance. But if you are doing local travel for the flexibility and knowing that you may not be able to line up back-to-back -back contracts or maybe you're choosing not to line up back-to-back -back contracts, then it may not really be in your best interest to go on the insurance of the travel company anyway. This could be someone who is um, just planning on maintaining their own insurance anyway or having their spouse's insurance, which would kind of put you in the same boat of like considering should I just do PRN? But I think the biggest benefit would be having like being able to switch jobs to try new things um, and also have the flexibility to leave and then also more permanent hours because some people choose if they want that kind of flexible lifestyle some people choose just to set up like one or more prn jobs but the hours may not be as consistent as if you take a full time 40 hour a week contract that's only gonna last six months or whatever one other consideration with those benefits is that as a full-time employee at a permanent position, you'd get things like vacation time, um, paid PTO, you might get sick time paid. Uh, as a traveler, you're not gonna get that. So local contracts, you're not gonna get PTO or, or sick time or anything like that. Um, unless in certain states, they, they're required to give you sick time, but PTO is, is just not happening there. So that's another con, um, but you know the higher pay might offset that. So you have to think about your own situation. What are the permanent jobs available in your area? How good are they? Um, do they offer really great benefits? Maybe it makes sense to, to, to uh, stay at a permanent job, but if they don't, then maybe it makes sense to take travel local travel contracts. Yes, there's a lot of pros and cons, and we've talked to so many different people in different life scenarios why they that are, have different reasons why they would like to try to do travel jobs locally. Um, for example, we know a girl who did it kind of in the Boston area. She wanted the flexibility and the higher pay while she was trying to take some time off um, in between contracts to start her own business. Um, we know people who have done it because of, like I said, family. Maybe they want to have the summers off with their kids, and so they just want to do a couple contracts a year. So there are a lot of reasons, um, or maybe you're a new grad and you just want to try out some different facilities and settings in the area before settling into to your first permanent job. So for a lot of people, there's a lot of pros, but there's just a lot of drawbacks too. You're not gonna make the same exact money um, as a regular travel therapist because you can't get the, the, um, the tax-free stipends and also you're gonna have some of those headaches and hurdles to overcome. Yep, so that's the first situation where someone might wanna travel without a tax home. The second situation is the other one we were talking about where you just don't wanna have the hassle. So you don't have anything tying you to an area. You don't wanna have the hassle of maintaining a tax home that you might not come back to. You truly wanna be nomadic and move from contract to contract and uh, you know have no worries back home. And there's a significant number of people that are in that situation. Maybe they just graduated, they don't have any ties, and they're just like, I don't wanna deal with any of the tax home stuff. I just wanna, uh, I just wanna travel around the country. Um, I'm willing to take the, the stipends taxed and they wanna know how much less would they make or what would be the implications of doing that. Yeah, and the other reason why maybe they don't wanna deal with it, but they also don't wanna necessarily burden um, a family or a friend uh, to help them deal with it. Because sometimes you're like, well, 
I don't want to pay full rent to have my tax home or full mortgage because that's going to really cost me and cut down on how much I'm actually benefiting from uh, making the extra travel pay. So then I'll just like rent a room in a house of, of my family, but now you're having to burden them with uh, the rent payments and, and those types of things. So some people just don't want to deal with that. Um, but the biggest thing we need to look at here is to decide what's going to make the most sense for you financially and strategically as well. Yeah, someone else that might be in this situation is they have a permanent um, home right now. They want to start traveling, but it's too expensive to keep their permanent home. So maybe they have a mortgage payment that's 3000 a month. Maybe they're in a high cost of living area and they're like, okay, if I have to pay this mortgage and travel, it doesn't make any sense. I'll, I'll be behind in that situation. So that person might think, okay, I'll sell, sell my house uh, and just travel from now on from place to place and not have to deal with the tax home and the, the cost associated back home. And that's certainly a consideration. Yeah, and this is something that we've done um, several videos in the last six months kind of um, when we were talking about, is it worth it financially to be a travel therapist, especially with rising housing costs? We were getting people who were saying like, this doesn't really make sense. I'm gonna make you know this much more being a travel therapist because of the tax-free stipends, but now I have to duplicate expenses. And depending on what your expenses are going to be at home and at your travel location, you may not come out ahead that way um, financially. So that's something really to consider is like, what would your tax home um, expenses be back where you are? And also what type of housing do you need at your travel location? So these are the types of questions that are being formulated that are making people think like, ah, maybe it's not really worth it financially to get the tax-free stipends in exchange for the hassle and the extra money to pay for the tax home, right? Yep. Um, you guys that are watching live, again, if you have any questions, any of this doesn't make sense, feel free to ask. Or if you have like some very unique situation that we might be able to help with, um, also, if you have any comments, uh, is your situation similar to this? Why are you considering traveling without a tax home or do you tra travel, travel without a tax home? If so, you know, why did you do it? What's your situation? How's your experience been? Um, let us know. And if you could like this video, give us some hearts. Uh, we always appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So what is it called when you want to travel, but not have a tax home? It's called being an itinerant worker. And basically that just means that you're a nomad. You're just moving from place to place. You don't have any ties back home. You don't have any costs back home. You're just a, a traveler that, you know, is uh, moving with the wind, just going from one assignment to the next. So it's like you work here now, and then you work here, and then you work here. You don't have a permanent place back at home. Now this doesn't mean obviously you could still know that mom and dad are gonna let you stay at, at that guest bedroom and you're gonna have some stuff there. But financially and tax-wise, you don't have those permanent ties there. Now you're just moving with the wind uh, as a worker. Yeah, um, and so the first question people always have is what will the pay difference be? Because in this situation, since you don't have somewhere that you're paying expenses back home, all of your stipends are gonna be taxed. So it's usually just one solid hourly rate. And I would say that most of the time for evaluating therapists, PT, OT, SLP, we see pay rates probably take home weekly pay rates in the 12 to $1,600 a week range. And to compare that to a normal travel job, most of the time that's like 1600 to 2100 on average. So I would say on average, um, having all of your stipends taxed would probably make somewhere between three and $400 a week less. So is that a big deal? It really depends on your situation. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. If you have really high costs back home and by getting rid of that, uh, that permanent house to be able to travel, it saves you 3,000 a month, then obviously three or 400 a week is not a big deal. Um, so it really depends, but um, just be aware that you're going to make somewhere around probably 1,200 to $1,700 $1, a week or uh, a month less after taxes than you would as a normal, a normal travel 
travel therapist. Yep, and this is obviously, these are averages, these are ranges. If you're someone who's looking to get in this situation, um, something you might do is just run some different scenarios. Talk to a couple recruiters and have them quote you some pay packages like, okay, I see you have this job. I'd be interested in this job. Can you quote what it would be if I take the tax-free stipends and maintain the tax home? Or can you quote what it would be all tax rate without the tax-free stipends? And then just like compare some offers there and see if these pay packages are making sense for you financially um, without getting the stipends. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many variables there. Every Everyone's situation is gonna be different. Um, but you can really save a lot of money without having tax on expenses if you're from a high cost living area. And we talk to people all the time that are from like New York City, they grew up there. And they're like, if I maintain an apartment in New York City, it's gonna cost me 2,500 a month. And then that doesn't make any sense for me to travel. And yeah, that's true. If you're in that situation, you either need to move your, your tax home permanently um, or you probably need to travel without a tax home and get rid of that place because otherwise you're not gonna come out ahead as a traveler. Yeah, for us financially, um it's worked out well for us to still maintain a tax home because we were able to keep our costs very low at both our tax home and at our travel locations, but that may not be the case for everyone. So we came out significantly ahead by dealing with the tax home headaches, making sure to pay the rent because it was low rent, um, and then getting all the extra money from the tax-free stipends, but it may not be the same for you. Yeah, so if you do decide to be an itinerant worker, if you're in that situation and that's something that makes sense to you, maybe you'll save more than you would lose um, by having your stipends taxed, uh, by, by eliminating that tax home. Some considerations. Um, consider where your home base will be. So if you're not paying for any place, you don't have any family or anything like that that you can stay with, what are you going to do between contracts? Are you just going to pay for short-term housing all the time? Obviously, some people do that and uh, it can make a lot of sense but it's just something else to think about. If your contract ends and you don't have something else lined up, where are you gonna go? Are you just gonna stay where you were? Or are you gonna have some area that you, um, you, know, you just kinda hang out at between contracts? You just need to think about that thing, those things because if you don't have somewhere that's clear that you're going back to, then it makes it a little more uncertain. Yeah, somebody who had an RV, this may not be as big of an issue, that might not be a concern for you, or someone who knows that they have a good family situation back at home, they're welcome there anytime, you're just not, putting it on paper that that's your permanent residence and not dealing with all those financial ties, but you're welcome to come back there anytime and, and you have a family or a friend who lets you keep your stuff there, great, but just something to think about. Yeah, in our situation, I think that would be a little stressful for us to not know that we would have somewhere to go back to, um, especially if you're in a situation where you didn't have family or relatives that would let you stay there um, if you needed to. Uh, another thing to think about is where will you register everything? So where are you gonna have a driver's license? Um, where are you gonna have your voter registration? What's the address gonna be for your bank accounts, credit cards, where are those statements gonna go, that kind of stuff. Because if you're moving around constantly, it's a major hassle to change that address every single time you move. Uh, three months here, you have to get all of your mail forwarded, three months here, you know, that would be a major hassle. And not only that, but things can get lost really easily. So consider that, are you gonna have somewhere that you send your mail to? Are you gonna move it every time? Are you gonna use one of these, like, um, there's like these digital services now that will like scan your mail and email you a copy. You can use those kind of things. But mail's an, a major issue. Most travelers will send that to their tax home, but if you don't have a tax home, then you have to figure out something else to do there. Yeah, and again, it's like, for some of you, you may be like, well, I have a friend or family member who would be willing to let me keep my stuff there, let me come back there sometimes. We just don't want to put it on paper and pay them rent and deal with those things. Great. So maybe you have the logistical part worked out. You're just not going to do the financial ties. Good. But it's just something that we you need to think about if this is the route you want to go. Yeah. So it all comes down to, is it worth it? It really depends on your situation. There are people that live in low cost living areas 
that their tax home costs them very little. You can rent a room in a house in some areas of the country for $300 a month or $400 a month. And in which case, making extra three or $400 a week, it's a no brainer. You wanna make that additional money. But there's areas of the country where renting a room might be 14, 15, $1,600 a month. And it's not even like a great room. In which case it's like, well, why would I do that? I basically just break even having this tax home. Instead, I could get rid of it, travel, not have to deal with any of that. Um, so it really just depends. It depends on your life circumstances. Uh, do you have a family back home? Obviously, if you have a family, you probably want to have a, a permanent location where they're they're at or you're visiting. So yeah. um, lots of things to consider there. Mm -hmm. I saw we got a question that is a good um, topic to cover here as well. Um, can you rent out your place while you're gone. So this is something to really consider, um, and we've done a lot of videos about this, when you're looking at, okay, say I do wanna go the route of still maintaining my tax home, still get the, the tax-free stipends, but I wanna offset my costs, like offset how much I'm having to pay back home, right? Because then we're gonna come out ahead financially. And this would be some form of what we, we would call house hacking, where maybe you're trying to, you still wanna keep your house or your apartment back home and have a place to come back to when you need to have, have all those um, you know, things checked off, like where's my mail gonna go? Where am I gonna have everything registered? But I don't wanna just have it sitting there empty and be paying this mortgage or this rent every month. Could I make some money off this, right? Yeah. Um, and this is definitely a good line of thinking. We just need to make sure that we're doing it the right way. Yeah, so it's a gray area. Um, but one thing that is completely certain is that you can't rent your entire house out for the full year. Because if you did, you don't really have a tax home. You can't go back there. You can't, um, I guess you could get your mail delivered there, but it's someone else's house now. So you can't rent out the whole house for the, the entire year. What you could do though, is you can rent out like rooms in the house for the whole year. So say you have a three bedroom and you rent out two of the bedrooms and you have one bedroom for yourself. That's fine because you still have a place that you can go to between contracts. Um, it would be the same as if you rented a room in someone else's house. It's just that you're renting rooms in your own house to other people. But you need to have a bedroom that is set aside for yourself that you can go back to. If you don't wanna do that and you wanna rent out the whole place because it can be hard to, to rent out rooms, find roommates and things like that, you can rent out the whole house say you do Airbnb or something, but you just can't rent it out for the whole year. Because like I said, if it's the whole year, then it's not really your tax home. But if you're renting it out for say six months a year, say you live in a, a vacation destination, that's really great for six months of the year. So you rent it out, make a lot of money during that time while you're traveling, and then you come back in the off season. That's a, that's a perfectly fine thing to do. You still have your own tax home. Um, or say you rent out nine months of the year, you rent it to a permanent person that's gonna move there, but they only need it temporarily say another healthcare worker that's in there in, in town for a nine month contract. You rent it out. You still have access to it for three months a year. That's fine. But you just can't rent the whole place for the whole year. So either part of the house for the whole year or um, the whole house for part of the year. Yep. Um, so lots of different scenarios there. Um, to tell you a little bit about what we've done in the past for our tax home. So our first several years of traveling, we were new grads. We just got out of school. We kind of came back home, you know, had all of our stuff at our respective families homes and so we used um, each individually our parents house as our tax home we each individually rented a room so I had a room at my mom's house had a lease all that um, and that was my tax home and the rent was pretty low because for renting a room in um, you know suburban Virginia it, it wasn't that much per month so my costs were pretty low I had it all sorted out um, Jared did the same thing at his parents' house. And then after that, after we'd been traveling for a few years doing it that way, we decided we wanted our own place. Um, this was during COVID. We wanted to be home a little bit more that year. Um, we decided to buy a townhouse. 
And for our townhouse, for a little while, we were just living there, um, just the two of us, it was during COVID, we weren't traveling at that time. But then we decided it would be a good idea to house hack and rent out some of the areas in our house. Um, so that way when we did start traveling again, we would have, you know, offset some of the costs. So we have had a couple of different tenants. Luckily, the way our townhouse is set up, um, we have a full basement that's basically its own apartment. It doesn't have a kitchen, but it has um, like an in-law suite type thing. They have their own bathroom, sitting area, living area, um, bedroom. So we rent out that space in our house. And then while we're gone, that person basically has the kitchen and everything to themselves. And then for the time that we are home, we share that space. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially we just have a roommate, um, for the full year right now while we're gone, we could rent out more of the house, but you know, it's, uh, you have to weigh the hassle and what you could actually make from it. Um, in our area, the, the cost of living is relatively low. So it's probably not worth the hassle of renting out more of the place while we're gone. Um, and then have to deal with potential issues there. Yeah. Um, as a follow-up question, Crystal says, um, whole home rented comma, you return in your RV. Okay, so this is um, something we asked about because we traveled in a fifth wheel for three years and we were thinking the same thing. So maybe we travel away in the RV, we come back, stay in the RV, we have our tax home, obviously. Um, but for your situation, you probably want to talk to an accountant and ask that specific question because the ones we talked to said that that would not work. So in your situation, if you're renting the whole house for the whole year, that's no longer your tax home. And the accountants we talked to said that an RV can't be a tax home because it moves with you, unless it's one that's on a permanent foundation or something where you're not moving it, it just sits there, you, you own the land or you rent the land. In that case, it could be, but then you can't travel in the RV. But if it's a situation where you take the RV and then you come back in the RV, then that doesn't count as a tax home. If you're renting your whole house, then that also wouldn't count as your tax home, so then all of your stipends would be taxed. But again, uh, your situation might be unique. It, it's a good idea to talk to an accountant, but the couple that we talked to said that you couldn't do that. Yeah, and as a follow-up to talk a little bit more about tax homes and RVing, um, when it comes to duplicating expenses, that's also a gray area because some people may have um, a loan on their RV and they're making payments on it. And so some people think, well, if I'm making payments on my RV, well, then that's duplicating expenses because I have home expenses. Unfortunately, from what we understand and from talking to accountants, that's not um, considered a home payment. You need to pay for land to park the RV on. So kind of like Jared said, um, if you had an RV or something that was stationary as your tax home, that could be considered your tax home. Um, if you take it and travel with it, no. Now, separately from that, say you have a tax home, for like in our situation, we traveled in an RV for three years. We kept our tax home as our the room in our parents' house. Now we took our RV with us, but we still had to pay to park it somewhere when we were on assignment. We still had to park it at an RV park and pay the RV park to park there every month, kind of like that was rent. And we had to um, document that and keep that just in case we were audited. That would be counted as duplicating expenses. But if you just try to boondock or not park it somewhere um, that you have to pay expenses, then that's not counting because you're you're not paying expenses to live on a plot of land. Yeah, and that's something we've gotten asked more about in the last couple of years because people want to do van life. They want to travel in a van um, while working as a healthcare traveler. And they think, okay, well, I don't have to pay rent. I'll save a lot of money that way. Uh, say they have a payment on the van. That doesn't count as a tax home payment or um, duplicating expenses. You need to pay for somewhere that you're actually parking the van. So you'd still need to pay for a campground on assignment, which is why for most people we recommend not doing that. Instead, if you want to travel in an RV or in a van, just get an RV that you can park at a campground um, and you have more room than you would in a van. So um, pros and cons there, but you cannot just 
have a van, park it in a parking lot, stay there rent free and, and have a, uh, and, and think that you're duplicating expenses because you're, you're not in that situation. Yeah. Or similarly, like if you knew someone who would let you park at their house or something, you still have to pay them to stay there. There has to be some kind of money trail. Um, in terms of duplicating expenses, a lot of times people also want to get out of that. They're like, well, maybe, you know, if I'd have a van and, or an RV and I just park it on someone's land for a hundred dollars a month, or $50 a month, or similarly with my tax time situation back home, mom and dad don't really wanna charge me, so I'll just pay them you know, $50 a month to leave my stuff here. That doesn't work. The IRS definition says it has to be, um, what do they call it? Market rate. Um, and the best way to determine that, uh, people always ask, well, how much should I pay? Um, realistically, what you should do, and most accountants, if they're very thorough, will tell you, Go on like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and find a similar dwelling, whether it's an apartment or a room in a house, or if you're renting a RV site, whatever, find similar places, comps, and see how much they're charging. And then you charge the average of those. And you keep record of the ones that you looked at to prove that you're paying um, what is essentially a market rate for that area. So that's the way that you should go about it. You go look at what rooms are renting for in your tax home area. That's what you should pay. It shouldn't just be some arbitrary low amount. Yeah, so like when we were trying to decide um, what would be a reasonable amount to pay for to rent a room in a house, uh, we looked on Craigslist and things like that. And I think in our area it was something like, I don't know, $500 a month or whatever it might be to just have a room in a house. Um, similarly, if you're renting an RV site but it's just on someone's land, you need to have a comparable amount. Maybe that's two or $300 a month. Maybe it's not that much, but it, it needs to be at least something reasonable to market value. Hey, Allie, thanks for joining. And I know Allie had messaged us and said that um, that she works as, quote unquote, an itinerant worker without maintaining a tax home. Um, and that seems to work really well for her. And hey, Nick. Uh, Thomas says, cheers from Anchorage. According to the MedVenture app, Whitney is currently working here too. <laughs> yeah, she probably didn't change that. <laughs> yeah, I prob that was our last job. That's funny. Um, that's awesome that you made it out to Anchorage. Um, yeah, we, that was our last assignment was in Anchorage, so I guess I never changed my status. Yeah, Anchorage is such an amazing place. I'm sure it's completely different now in December than it was when we were there in uh, July and August, though. Yeah. Um, so let us know if you have any questions. Um, if you are watching live, we, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, or if you're watching later in the replay. Um, again, though, if you have very specific scenarios, um, if you message us, we might be able to give you a little bit of insight, but most likely we're going to tell you it's best to set up a consultation with a tax professional. Um, there, you can set one up with a local tax professional in your area. There are several people who specialize in, in taxes for travel healthcare professionals. Um, we know in particular uh, the company Travel Tax on their website, they, do, they have like an established tax home consult phone call. It's like $50. Um, it's really best to go over your specific scenario on setting up your tax home um, or traveling without a tax home if you want to ask those questions with a tax professional. Yeah, every, every situation is different and we can't really give specific advice. Um, we don't know. So in a situation where you're audited, you want to have like some professional that you can fall back on that you're like, oh, well, I was told that I could do this. And you don't want to just be like, these two random people online told me it was okay. So we're not giving advice like that. So yeah. always reach out to a professional. Yep. Um, but let us know if you have any questions um, regarding travel therapy in general and kind of just the general process of how it works. Happy to answer. Feel free to send us a message um, or send us an email. Yeah, so traveling without a tax home, it really depends. It depends on your situation. It depends on what your expenses are, um, whether or not it makes sense 
Uh, you have to evaluate your own situation, see if making a little bit less money makes sense for you to not have a tax home. Um, in terms of local contracts, it really depends on your area and whether or not you're gonna be able to find consistent contracts. And if you are able to find consistent contracts, it depends on whether or not the benefits are really important to you, like PTO, sick time, all of that, and whether the uncertainty is worth it to you or not. Because like we said, you could have contracts canceled or you might have difficulty. Just because there's a lot of jobs right now doesn't mean there will always be a lot of jobs. So maybe you, you start doing local contracts, you get nine months in, and then you can't find a job that fits for your area and then you're, you're kind of stuck. And then maybe the permanent jobs aren't available then, something like that. So make sure that you're considering um, all the pros and cons there. Yeah, um, we got a couple questions. So Brooke says, what about having a tax home but then working in the same state for travel? So this is a good question. So you can work in your same state and travel. Um, the, the definition that we've seen says that you need to be working um, more than a reasonable commutable distance away. Um, so you need to be able to show that you're duplicating expenses. So it needs to be traveling somewhere else in your state that's far enough away that you wouldn't just commute from home, right? So for example, um, we live in a place called Roanoke, Virginia. About 45 to 55 minutes away is Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, I took my fir very first ever travel contract in Blacksburg, Virginia. And it was like, yeah, like 55 miles away. And to me, that was far enough that I didn't want to commute from my house. Um, so we moved to that area. We got an apartment. Um, we duplicated expenses and everything. Um, however, that was certainly like right on the cusp because there may have been some people that would have commuted from Roanoke to Blacksburg, but it wouldn't be necessarily common. So we were definitely in a gray area there, but, um, you know, I documented that I was duplicating expenses, all of that. Luckily I didn't get audited. So hopefully that was all okay, but you definitely want to at least be far enough away that it's not a reasonable commute for someone in that area. And you definitely want to duplicate expenses. So in general, you want to be at least an hour plus outside of your um, home and then duplicate expenses, rent an apartment there and make yeah. sure to keep all your documentation. Yeah, if you're doing those things, you're fine. If, if it's very, um, a situation some people might try that wouldn't really, that wouldn't really work is say there's a job 20 minutes away, you rent an apartment basically in your same town and you're like, well, I'm duplicating expenses in the IRS their eyes it's like why would you pay for two apartments in the same area when you could just drive from your home so think about it that way yeah and there's really no so you'll hear some people talk about um oh well it needs to be just if it's 50 miles it's fine the 50 mile rule is a myth there's no set distance there's no set um time frame you just need to look at what would be reasonable for someone in that area and it's going to be different for different areas right because there's some people say um we're very familiar with like washington dc Someone might commute two hours from Washington, D.C. That's a normal daily commute for someone in a big city. So it may not make sense for you to take a travel contract in that same metro area. Um, but whether or not it makes sense is a gray area. But for sure, what's not a gray area is if you commute from your house to that job, you are not meeting the rules. Yeah. You cannot commute from your house every day and drive back home that night and sleep and accept the tax-free stipends. You need to be staying in a different dwelling and it needs to be more than a reasonable commute from your house. Yep. Um, Crystal said, recommended resource for malpractice insurance. We've never gotten malpractice insurance. We've never really looked into it. Um, you have to remember that every travel company we've ever worked with provides malpractice insurance on your behalf. And even most clinics will provide malpractice insurance for all of their employees. So in a lot of cases, you're already double covered on a contract. 
There are some therapists that will still choose to get malpractice insurance on their own because it's relatively cheap, but it's definitely not something that you need to do. Uh, it would just be like a um, CYA type thing. But um, yeah, if, if it makes you feel better, I think it's only usually a couple hundred dollars a year or so. And I, I know there's a variety of companies. I think I've heard of like HPSO or HSPO, something like that, that a lot of people go through. Yeah. All right, okay. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, if that is all the questions, we'll wrap up for today. Thank you guys for hopping on. Um, thanks to those of you guys that will watch later on the replay. Feel free to leave us a comment and let us know that you did watch on the replay. Also, shout out to those of you guys that will listen later on our podcast. For those that don't know, we do upload all of our videos to podcast format. You can find it on most podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those sort of things. Um, that way people can listen on the go if they'd like instead of watching it on Facebook. Yep, anyone watching in the future, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave those. We always come back to the videos in the future. Um, also, again, if you could like this video, we really appreciate it. It helps more people see the videos. Yep, absolutely. So um, if you are following along with us on Facebook and Instagram, we'll still be in New Zealand for another two weeks. So um, feel free to follow us there at Travel Therapy Mentor. I'll be posting some pictures of the fun things we're doing here in New Zealand. Um, and then keep an eye out for those giveaways that we'll be doing at the end of the year. Yep. Okay. Take care, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.